Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm. Good morning, Jesse. Howdy, Edwin. It is sure good to have you back in here. You've been traveling around and were not able to be here with us on recording days the last couple of weeks. And so glad that you can be back. It's a little bittersweet because there's the, the sweetness of having you back. But there's the bitterness of knowing this is going to be your last time with us on Text Talk. Right. Well, you know what? I was really sorry to miss a, a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm really excited to get in here and read, read Psalm 50 and talk about grace a little bit. Let's go for it, man. Psalm 50. What translation are you going to be reading from? This will be the New English translation. Psalm 50, a psalm by Asaph. El, God, the Lord speaks, and summons the earth to come from the east and west. From Zion, the most beautiful of all places, God comes in splendor. Our God approaches and is not silent. Consuming fire goes ahead of him, and all around him a storm rages. He summons the head heavens above as well as the earth, so that he might judge his people. He says, Assemble my covenant people before me, those who ratified a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his fairness, for God is judge. He says, Listen, my people, I am speaking. Listen, Israel, I am accusing you. I am God, your God. I am not condemning you because of your sacrifices or because of your burnt sacrifices that you continually offer me. I do not need to take a bull from your household or goats from your sheepfolds. For every wild animal in the forest belongs to me, as well as the cattle that graze on a thousand hills. I keep track of every bird in the hills, and the insects of the field are mine. Even if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and all it contains belong to me. Do I eat the flesh of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Present to God a thank offering. Repay your vows to the Sovereign One. Pray to me when you are in trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. God says this to the evildoer. How can you declare my commands and talk about my covenant? For you hate instruction and reject my words. When you see a thief, you join him. You associate with men who are unfaithful to their wives. You do damage with words and use your tongue to deceive. You plot against your brother. You slander your own brother. When you did these things, I was silent, so you thought I was exactly like you. But now I will condemn you and state my case against you. Carefully consider this, you who reject God. Otherwise, I will rip you to shreds, and no one will be able to rescue you. Whoever presents a thank offering honors me. To whoever obeys my commands, I will reveal my power to deliver. So this week... Um, I don't know if you've been able to listen, but Andrew and I have been really looking at some of the applications for modern saints from what we find in Psalm 50. Psalm 50 is, it starts off with this picture that we think is going to go in one direction. God, the God of Zion, is shining forth from Zion. And, and as previous psalms have pictured that, it's been about judging the nations that have come against them. And so it starts off with this bright, wonderful picture. It's almost like Israelites crying out again about how wonderful God is and the judgment he's going to bring on others and the deliverance that's going to come for them. But then in about verse 4, it takes this sudden, sudden sharp turn, and it's he's going to come and judge his people. And we've been making some applications about that this week regarding judgment, 
and and even almost like a sneak peek into what's coming for judgment so that none of us will have a judgment day surprise. And as we've talked about it, we've recognized some ways that we can avoid falling into the traps that the Israelites have fallen into. We've talked about fearing God. We've talked about looking in the mirror, not the microscope. We've talked about starting with the heart and not the rituals. Yesterday, we talked about making the covenant our life and not just our hobby. There's something that comes from the structure of this psalm that I think gets to a final point I'd like to talk about today. Okay. And so let me share that with you real quick. We uh, Earlier in the week, I did state that there is a structure here where you have the first stanza that is an introductory stanza, verses one through six. That This is the, the praise of God and God setting the stage for judgment and calling Israel and the witnesses into the courtroom. And then you have in verse 7 through 16, one argument, one legal argument brought, excuse me, 7 through 15, one legal argument brought against Israel. And then verse 16 through 23. And the reason we see that back in verse 5, it's gathered of me, my faithful ones who made a covenant by sacrifice. Then in verses 7 through 15, he is making an argument against their sacrifice. And then in verses 16 through 23, he's making an argument against their covenant keeping. And the structural marker, though, comes at the end of both of those sections, because the ending verses of both of those sections highlight his advice to them. And listen to how similar these are. I want to hear it from the Net Bible again. Can you read verses 14 and 15 for me, Jesse? It says, Present to God a thank offering. Thank offering. Repay your vows to the Sovereign One. Pray to me when you are in trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Okay, so notice that idea of the thank offering. Now go down to the very last verse. Read that again from the Net Bible. Whoever presents a thank offering honors me. To whoever obeys my commands, I will reveal my power to deliver. Notice both of these legal arguments brought against Israel end with give the thank offering, offer a thanksgiving. And now he's already talked about how they're doing their sacrifices incorrectly. Now he comes to the thanksgiving offering. And I think this really highlights one of the ways we can avoid the trap today. And that is that we're supposed to be offering thanksgiving rather than offering sacrifice. When I say that, I, I realize that's kind of one of those statements that may sound like, well, what on earth does that mean? So when I say that, what, what does that sound like to you? Well, to me, it's, it's, the, it's a, the order that matters, right? If we're offering sacrifice to get something, the sacrifice comes first and then the deliverance. But if it's a thank offering, the deliverance is already here. And we're writing the thank you note. Okay. That that really gets right to the heart of it. I appreciate that. Yeah, the, there, there's one thing. It's, it's one thing to write a letter of request. I like your use of the thank you note. It's one thing to write a letter of request. It's another thing to write a thank you note. The letter of request is, I need something. The thank you note is, you've already given something. And now I'm honoring and I'm praising. And what I'm giving to you is a demonstration of thanksgiving. Right. I think, I think that kind of pops up to... To me, at least in verse 23, the last line there is, to whoever obeys my commands, I will reveal my power to deliver. And it's read a couple of different ways in different translations. Some some read it as, to whoever obeys my commands, I will show the path to deliver. Okay. Um, and so it's more this sense, not you're just going to see what I've already done for you, but if you're obeying my commands, you can see where you should go. Okay. 
Okay. And so here's it. it and so now we kind of have like a like a cycle almost that it's, it's it's a it's a growing cycle god delivers us we walk his path and it's a path of deliverance and so he delivers us and we're walking his path which is a path of deliverance and it's and so it's this it's this upward cycle of following god being delivered by god following god being delivered by god uh, honestly as i'm saying that it reminds me um in exact opposite of judges which the last time we were on here you and i, I think talked yeah. about the the judges cycle which was like a downward spiral of yep. terrible and and for them it was very much we've messed up it's been terrible and so now we're going to cry out and and see what we can do to get god to do what we need Whereas what we're seeing here is God has done what we need. He has delivered. And what I need to do is live in this in this uh, covenant of thanksgiving, of, of honoring God, not because I want to get something from God, but because of who he is and what he has done. Right. I tend to see it, and, and this is something that you might not get being in Florida with no hills, but <laughs> up in Tennessee, there's some roads that you can take and you go up the hill and you can't see what's after the bump and you get up. And then you can see there's another hill and there's another one. So to me, this reads, you obey my commands. You're getting to the top of this hill and you'll see the rest of it. Mm. Okay. And well, that that reminds me just even in the concept of that God's word is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. And I've, I've heard people point out that it's it's the light to the path. It's a lamp to my feet. It's not a light that shines all the way down to the end of the road. It's here's what what's your next step? Here's your next step. Just keep going. Just, okay, I get it. The light doesn't go a lot farther away as far as what you can see, but it does show you where you're going next. And again, as you pointed out, his path is a path of deliverance. And so it builds on itself as we continue to be a part of that. One of the things for me, all right, let me share this with you. I remember there was a time when, and I've said this before, but for folks who are hearing it new, it might be shocking. I remember there was a time when I realized I've never actually asked for forgiveness. Now, let me explain that. Of course, my entire Christian life, I've said the words, God, forgive me. But, but there was a point at which I realized that while I was saying the words, God, forgive me, what I was really asking was, God, be patient with me. I said, God, forgive me, but it was, God, be patient. God, be patient with me. I'll show you I'm actually better than that thing I just did rather than God forgive me. And the thing that really brought this to my mind was in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 18, it says, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Once you've been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice and so the idea of sacrifice, as you pointed out earlier, it's, it's about the order. The sacrifice is I offer the sacrifice, I get the forgiveness. And what he points out is if you've got the forgiveness, now there's no more sacrifice. That doesn't mean that I've got the forgiveness and now I do nothing. That gets us to the thanksgiving. Now, the reason I think we, I, you know, I'm sure there are others like me, push back against the forgiveness is because seeking forgiveness is the idea of there's absolutely nothing I can do. Asking for patience is there's something I can do, just wait, I'll get it done. Asking forgiveness is the recognition, I can do nothing. I got nothing to offer you on this. I, I'm just, I'm throwing myself on your mercy, on your grace, 100% completely. And when he gives it, now where am I? I'm in that place of thanksgiving. So this talks about how I can conduct my 
quote, Christian religion. The person who is living in Thanksgiving, will they meet with the church and worship God? What do you think? Probably so, yeah. Will they spend time praying and reading their Bible? I would expect that. Do they give up things like adultery and murder and stealing and lying and gossip? That'd be, that'd be prob- probably so, yeah. Absolutely. But why? Why do we do those things? The picture of sacrifice is I do those things in order to try to get God to forgive me for when I failed. The picture of thanksgiving is I do those things to demonstrate my loyalty and my thanksgiving to God because he has forgiven me. Are you seeing a difference there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I I get that. And I think uh, it reminds me of a time a couple of years ago when everybody wanted to be talking about grace. It felt like to me at least. Okay. And and the common thing was let's talk about what grace looked like to the Romans. Mm. And there was this this, uh, idea that there was a benefactor that gifted somebody an enormous thing, a, a great sum of money or a house or, or status, and all that that person expected in return was loyalty. They knew that they wouldn't make back the whole investment of the money or the whatever it was, but they did want the person's loyalty. Mm. And so the recipient of this gift would give back a little and also their heart mm. to this person. I think that's something that we can see here. That's something we can see in the New Testament. And when it talks about grace, when Paul is talking about grace, he's certainly referencing that idea that, no, we're not going to pay God back for what he's done because it is an, it's a gift that we can't. There's no way to do that. Mm-hmm. But we are expected to give something back. And loyalty. We're and loyalty. expected to give ourselves back. We're expected to understand that God has done this amazing thing for us. And because God has done this amazing thing for us, uh, I'm going to give myself to him. And of course, you know, normally Friday is the day we find Jesus in the Psalms. We actually haven't mentioned Jesus very much. And yet we've been talking about Jesus the whole time, because what is the enormous thing that God gave to us? His life through Jesus. It's that, that sacrifice. And that's why what we offer is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Jesus has died to take our sins away. And so now our lives are not lives of sacrifice. They are lives of thanksgiving. Jesse, it's been great having you here with us this summer. It's been a wonderful, enjoyable time for me. I hope it has been for you as well. Sorry that you're not going to be with us on Text Talk again next week, but appreciate all that you've added. I feel like you've grown through all of this, and uh, I hope you feel the same way as well. Would you go ahead and wrap us up with a prayer today on your final episode with us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to see you in the Psalms, to grow in our knowledge of what you want us to do. Lord, help us to be thankful. We understand that what you have given us is more than we could ever give back to you. Thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.